and welcome to the Department of Metal Antiquities. Where we remember what everyone else has forgotten. As always, I am Nick Cameron, joined by Duncan Evans. How are you doing today? Hey, hey, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, as we record this, it's uh, Easter Sunday. Um, so, yes, um, we, we don't really, you know, celebrate Easter to a very heavy degree, but you know we get um, some time off work and all that, so that's nice. So anyway, we've uh, been over to my parents' house, um, so that's been great. And other than that, um, yeah, I've got a couple of weeks off the day job, which is great. So um, lots of stuff happening with music. The Waxworm record is completely finished. The art is finished. Um, so that is has all been sent off to the label and to our friend Curtis Dua for the PR campaign to start. So it's all good. Yeah. How are you doing yourself, Nick? I'm good. It's It's been a bit of a bummer weekend. But before we get into that, I uh, would like to say that the want to say thank you to Devangelic, their latest album, Iretsu, which came out last year on Wheelchip Records. Thank you very much for playing us in. I appreciate that. I went a little longer on this one because I'm pretty sure I've got the rights to actually play it, uh, period, because I got it on a promo. So, but uh, there you go. I uh, want to say, you know, this 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 weekend's been a bit of a bummer for us, but yes, it is it is Easter, and this is we we're doing our traditional Easter dinner, but of course we can't do it in a restaurant, so we will be. Uh, picking it up and taking it to uh, Forest Park, which is one of the largest parks in the entire United States. Nice. And I am definitely looking forward to listen. I was definitely looking forward to listening to some great new music this weekend. Cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, um, yeah, and I bet you were not looking forward to listening to what we're uh, checking out today because I've heard you are not a fan of this band. Frankly, I am not. Sure, sure. But, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I will let me say I was legitimately bullied into accepting this album. Sure. I had four people saying, "Do it, do it, do it," and apparently, you can say no fifty times and it not be enough. So here we are. Okay, well, yeah, so this is Typo Negative. This is The Origin of the Feces, the uh, beautifully titled, um, technically second studio album by Typo Negative. But the, the whole thing with this being um, an anomalous one, you know, a kind of lost record, if you want to call it that, is that it was ostensibly a live album. Um, as far as I'm aware, the record label actually uh, approved this as a live album. Um, and then the band went away and essentially re-recorded a lot of the tracks from their first album and threw some other stuff in there. Um, but the, the, so they did it almost like in a live fashion. I don't believe there were many overdubs. I think there are some actually. Um, but then they overdubbed um, the, the sound like for fake crowd noises and they tried to make it humorous with these um, these interludes in between the uh, the songs where you've got a fake crowd that that apparently hate the band and you've got Peter Steele, the singer, arguing with the crowd and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, um, you know, uh, Typo Negative went on to be absolutely huge as a kind of gothic metal band, if you like, and with a bit of hardcore thrown in there and a bit of a sense of humour. Um, they're very, the first album was very much in the hardcore vein 
That's called Slow, Deep and Hard. And this um, is still mostly in that vein, although there's a there's a bit of the gothic metal stuff creeping in there. So there's no tracks on here which you would consider classic typo tracks. Um, a lot of people, even who are fans of the band, and not don't really know about this album. It was really the, the third album, Bloody Kisses. That was when suddenly they became a much bigger deal and people started to get into them on a you know on a wider level in in terms of them being up there with the the the, the big people from mainstream metal if that makes any sense um let, let me say before we get too deep into this sure uh, hopefully our listeners this week will be really excited to listen to you and our special guest hair Knox discuss this album because sure. I, I don't want to be a poopy pants and any talking I do about this album will be, it's going to be poopy. But in saying that, let's bring in Hair Knox, shall we? Sure, yeah, special guest, Hair Knox. Let's do that. And now we are joined by Hair Knox. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm good, and you? It's, it's, uh, I'll tell you what I told Duncan so that way our listeners get to hear it twice and maybe the joke will land this time. Uh, I had about, I've, I've had a bummer of a weekend, won't go into that too much, but uh, I was really excited to check out some music that I had never heard that I was really gonna love. Didn't happen, but I was looking forward to it. Okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna be pretty quiet because a, a lot in this episode for reasons. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Nick's not a big fan of um, typo negative. Um, I do. I, I like them a lot, actually. Um, I mean, we won't get too far into, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like Peter Steele for different reasons. Um, but if we just put all that to one side, I have to say I, I really, really like the bands. Um, they were a big influence on me um, sort of 15 years ago when I was first in bands and things like that. And um yeah, man, I, I like this record. So maybe tell us why you chose this one. Uh, well, I think, uh, um, well, for me as well, uh, Typo Negative has been like a, a big part of my, uh, I don't know, my my growth as a, mu as a mu musician. And I, I've been really um, uh, impressed by their whole body of work. And uh, I mean, uh, they, they had a, a really unique sound and that's, what I enjoy the most uh, in music when people have their own sound and they're not like a carbon copy of another band. And I so, will uh, agree wholeheartedly on that, uh, especially up to that point. Nobody sounded like Typo Negative when I first heard. What was it? Black Number One was their big hit. Yeah, yeah. nobody, nobody sounded remotely like Typo Negative. I mean, that I, I I'm not into the goth scene like you two are. So, you know, Christian Death, Sisters of Mercy, those kinds of bands. I had heard the names, but I'd never heard the music. So the first time I heard Black Number One, it's like, who is this wacky bodybuilder vampire singing, <laughs> uh, singing about? I guess perfume. I really never figured it out. But yes, it's about hair. Well, we can go into that. Yeah, it's about hair dying. It's about, uh, yeah, he, he had a girlfriend um, who dyed her hair black and she uh, she wouldn't go out. There's a line in the song, you can't go out because your roots are showing. She wouldn't go out because she hadn't dyed her roots. And and apparently Peter said, well, can't you just you can't you just go down the shop and get this like really cheap hair dye that like men use to cover up the gray hairs? And she went, 
you know, what is that? That's absolutely outrageous. And she broke up with him there and then. So the story goes. So that's what it's about. So black number one is a hair dye color. He seems to have a lot of issues with relationships. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it's kind of a, uh, I guess it's a kind of a running joke. It's more like, I mean, type one negative is a lot, is a lot, a lot about uh, self-deprecating humor. So, uh, and it, they really poke fun at the, all of the, the whole gut movement and uh, also at relationships. And uh, I mean, uh, uh, and, uh, it's not uh, a needed uh, like fact that uh, Peter still li liked uh, ladies. So, uh, I mean, it was kind of, uh, I don't know, like he, he liked to uh, like pretend to be uh, like that uh, mysterious vampire, but he's also like a really... A, quirky guy and funny guy at the same time so it's uh it was like trying to be uh like poking fun at himself too and uh i mean he likes to uh do uh, the, the old romanticism of uh the, the god music and uh he's also uh but he also like make fun of it too so uh it, it kind of goes both ways with him yeah 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 no I, I that is one thing i like about typo the way that they use humor but without it never quite descends into them just being a, a joke band or anything like that they're quite serious and a, a lot of the lyrics you can't quite tell whether he whether peter Steele means it or whether it's a joke because some of it's quite outrageous in terms of uh i don't know st stuff about feeling depressed or whatever but he really takes it to an extreme and you think mm -hmm. i don't know if he's joking and I, I think sometimes he is and sometimes he isn't and sometimes he's kind of both at the same time and sometimes uh, i think he's using humor also to uh like uh um kind of uh express like really dark stuff but also yeah it's just uh, like using uh humor to uh like uh, uh untrigger the uh the um i don't know uh how he feels and uh like to to uh i don't know to to, to try to vent but also uh i don't know how to say this but he's like trying to uh uh, express really dark stuff because uh, I mean he he had probably some depression and all that stuff but also I mean I have the uh the inner uh, um the inner gatefold here of the album so and uh, inside have we, you have have we said what album we're doing I don't remember yeah I did I did say that yeah okay. the origin of the feces if anyone didn't hear yeah I've got the CD version right in front of me here the reissue version mm -hmm. and uh, I mean in the inside you have uh, the uh, uh it's like it's written express yourself and just say yes and it's all different ways to uh, commit suicide so i mean they're like trying to make fun really dark humor like trying to make fun but at the same time being serious but at the same time like like uh i mean like sometimes people are like super down but making jokes about it so not so people don't get to uh, um i mean uh um so people don't Think that they'll actually commit that stuff you know so uh, i mean it's also worth noting that at the time when this was written what we knew about suicide then and what we know now are mm -hmm. yeah. vastly vastly different so the idea of looking back at that through today's lens is really wrong mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff that wouldn't fly uh, anymore uh yeah like that I mean, first song <laughs> yeah yeah, especially and also for uh, a Peter, which is well, uh, well. To be fair, also the the original lyrics from uh, Jimi Hendrix aren't 
exactly uh oh yeah that, that's not exactly <laughs> it's actually yeah it's written by um it's written by uh billy roberts actually yeah. but yeah i i have to say i don't know if i agree with that i think you can write about that stuff in like the hey pete one i think you can do that but it's, it's how you do it. i mean nick cave's got a uh you know a long history of writing about all sorts of uh you know atrocities in his songs and stuff like that but yeah. it's it's how you do it like you're allowed to you're allowed to make a horror movie where awful things happen it's not the same as mm. condoning it however I've, i i am going to agree on the first song which will come on to shortly yes i think that is questionable because i think when it's like involves a real person and when it's uh and, and it, well, it's it's also about some of the language that's used, but we'll we'll go into that in a bit. I kind of feel like we should maybe um, just take a, a step, a sidestep before, because we're about to get into the track by track um, without meaning to. And I, I feel like we should talk about her knocks and um, what you do and what you've got um, out at the moment and what you've got coming out and all that sort of stuff. That's a professional segue. Great work, Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, well, I'm a solo artist from Canada. Um, I, my first language is French, so that's why you're hearing an accent right now. But uh, um, uh, the French Canadian so accent is probably my favorite one. Just gonna. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, um, I uh, I I do like a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, I I can do a video. I do. Uh, um, I I do graphic art. I also do music, obviously, and um. I just released my uh, second album, which is called Where Shadows Fade. And on that album, you'll find, I mean, like, uh, uh, I, I always have, like, a hard time to finding out what exactly it is. But, uh, I mean, there's, like, gut, rock, metal, industrial, a bit of synth wave, a bit of new wave, a bit of progressive metal. There's, like, a whole bunch of stuff in there. And uh, but I'm trying to make it like coherent, so and I think it works. So um, and uh, actually, the reviews have been pretty good so far. So uh, I mean, that's pretty cool. So I'm really happy well, I, with the album. As I think you know, I bought a copy of it myself after we did a the the YouTube vinyl chat, mm -hmm. and I love it. I and when you showed it to me in that video, I was amazed at how beautiful the pressing was because the the gold color because we've all got about 15 gold colored lps i would guess mm -hmm. but yours i have never seen one that looks as good as yours and no matter how many superlatives and how many wonderful beautiful words i throw at it i don't think anybody can really appreciate it until they're holding it in their hands yeah thank you very much and uh yeah the the, the color actually uh, i've never seen it anywhere else myself uh, i mean uh, when i went to the pressing plant and he he showed me uh the colors that he could do and i saw that golden color which is not like uh a plain uh gold or is it's not also a, a see-through uh yellow album it's like it has like some kind of shapes in there and uh, it, it's it, really, it, it depends on like the light gold bloom to me mm -hmm. yeah it looks like it's actually gold yeah Nice. So like, yeah, it's pretty cool, and I, I'm really happy with uh, that pressing. Yeah, cool. I'm gonna have to get myself one as well. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, are we are we playing a Her Knox track, Nick? You're in charge of this side of things. 
Yes, we are. And because I'm so professional, I forgot to ask him which one uh, he <laughs> wanted me to do. So, uh, Hair Knox, which song mm-hmm. are we about to hear? Um, which song? I mean, um, let's go with uh, the, the first one, uh, Where Shadows Fade. Well, not the first one. It's the second track on the album. But uh, uh, the first single that was released, which is called Where Shadows Fade. And I had the... Uh, Jurgen Monkeby, who plays with the, well, he has his own band, uh, Shining. He is from Norway, and uh, he also played with Emperor on tour and uh, played with Ishan. So, I mean, uh, I really like his saxophone tracks, and uh, I think it's pretty cool, yeah. So, uh, and it really represents a lot of styles that you, you, you can find on the album. So, uh, it's, I think it's a, it would be the perfect track to play. Sounds amazing, man. Brilliant. Sounds good to me. Well, we will check that out. And then I think we will get back after that and check out our track by track. Sound good, gentlemen? Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
And we are back. I hope everybody enjoyed the song. I know I did, because as I said, I bought it on vinyl, and you should too. You can get it at uh, karenox.bandcamp.com. That's where I picked it up. And before we get going, let me tell you a little story about my experience with typo negative. Uh, as did I don't you have know- a negative experience? Sorry. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Please don't do that again. Uh, wow. Okay. I, I don't know if I want to tell you the story now. <laughs> I, as I think I've mentioned before, I was an usher at our local stadium here at the local hockey arena. And I saw them on the, I'm pretty sure it was the bloody kisses tour 1995, I think opening for Queensryche on operation mind crime Two. It was just a weird night because that was a, it was a 20,000 seat arena and they had only sold 2,500 tickets. Wow. The, the apparent, yeah. Apparently, the, the stage setup was so big, Queensryche couldn't play it, play the show in a, in a venue that was appropriate for them. Right. So even though they knew they were not going to sell that many tickets, they just needed a bigger stage. Right. But that's going to look ridiculous. Yes. And I will say Peter Steele actually was pretty funny that night. I remember him drinking wine out of a bottle on stage. Yep. That'll be Peter Steele. Yes, that is his yeah. trademark. One of his. He, and it looks, it looks like uh, he's holding a, a a beer bottle since. Uh, yeah, because he's ginormous. So large. Yeah. It, it was like Andre the Giant drinking a beer, mm-hmm. and but it it wasn't like a normal wine bottle, but it was like the the Italian table wine bottles, <laughs> and I mean it was it was ridiculous, but I mean. I don't know. That's really the whole story. It's not a good story. Okay. Well, my, my story is I, I saw them. Um, it would have probably been later than that on the, um, what was it called? Oh, I can't even remember what it's called. The last November album. rust. No, it's October rust, but no, it's, it was the dead again, dead again. So there we go. So it was the dead again. tour. so this is like, whatever that was 2010 or something. Um, oh, 2000, wow. no, a bit before that, maybe 2007, eight, something like that. Anyway, so basically, um, the problem was they like to mess around. They like to fool around. So during the sound check, um, they, they or, or during the well, yeah, I guess it was the sound check during the line check before they went on after the support act, which, who were Paradise Lost, who I've never been a massive fan of. But anyway, but the, during the line check, they played loads of stupid music, like silly, I don't know, silly cartoon children's songs, um, you know, purposefully annoying songs. Um, which was all quite amusing. But the problem is, I think due to that, somebody somewhere missed um, an issue with the sound. So basically, instead of Peter Steele's bass sound, you you could hear it coming out on stage from his amp, but out of the main speakers, there was just an earth hum, like, instead of his bass sound for the whole show until they finally fixed it in the encore. Because I think when it all went quiet, finally, somebody realised, oh, that's what's going on there let's sort this out so it, it was like okay but it was like listening to the songs without the bass which for a band so bass heavy was not great it, the encore was brilliant they did like five or six songs for the encore and that was great but just for me that spoiled it and it, that was a bit of an example of typo's humor kind of actually in that case getting in the way of them actually delivering a good show which i was, saw so i saw a goth metal band in St. Louis open for John five. And I don't even remember their name now, but I, I bought their CD, but I, uh, 
they because of the snow and John Five arriving late, they didn't get to play their their set. This this particular venue had two stages and two rooms, so they set up in the other room and played during the set during the set change, and sure. there was no guitar. Right, well, you could no not set. hear the guitar the entire night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, stuff like that's just annoying, you know. Um, again, well, we're, we're going to digress, but I'll just say this one: like a, a band called the Levelers, who I used to be a massive fan of, that have a, a violin, they're like folk punk almost, and the violin's a big part of the sound. And I saw them at a festival not so far from here, the Bingley Festival, and there was just no violin. You just you could see the guy playing it, but there's no violin coming out. And yeah, stuff like that's frustrating. And it's not always the sound engineer's fault. Sometimes it's just you know, you know what you, you're bringing up. Work. You're bringing up the violin reminds me of the worst one of these I've ever seen. And then I will stop, I promise. We have a, a local Pink Floyd tribute act here. They play a few shows in December, and then they play one big show at our 20,000-seater, the, the amphitheater. Mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, they did a show with the symphony. Sure. And you couldn't hear the symphony. Right. Yeah, that's ridiculous totally ridiculous yeah there we go sometimes it's just how it is just something's been set up wrong at some point it's usually a time it's usually there's not been enough time something's been rushed and then you stop i mean i've you know i've done live sound myself and you know sometimes you're just there and there's something that isn't right but there's just nothing you can do because the band are in the middle of a song and you're doing everything you can from the desk but there's Whatever's not happening is not happening. Anyway, we completely digress. Should we get into the track by track of the yes? And let's be careful. Let's be careful with the title of the first track because my daughter is here. Okay, so we have to imagine. We have to put the bleep filter on. Um, so uh, yeah, okay. Well, I'll go for this. So this track is called "I Know You're Beeping Someone Else." In that case, did that work? Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Okay. So, um, yeah, Herr Knox, tell us what you think about this one. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I can't really speak for the lyrics because um, being French first, I don't really quite grasp everything that he says. And I, I Oh, my God, I envy you so much. Yeah, so, so I mean, uh, uh, there, there, there are parts of the song that I... I, I I mean, I absolutely, I absolutely get, but, uh, um, you know, sometimes I'm just get lost in the music and I don't really care what the, uh, the singer is saying. So, uh, I mean, and, uh, actually that's the case here. So, uh, I mean, I, I, but, um, I mean, the intro of that album, I think is brilliant when you hear the crowd going, you suck, you suck. And I mean, they're, they're, they're like that. Uh, I mean, uh, I think it's brilliant because, uh, that's uh the the self-deprecating humor again that is, the intro uh, that, was funny i mean it, yeah when he responds with we suck we're getting paid 15 dollars american for this now who's stupid yeah so i mean uh, i think that's brilliant and uh also uh well uh and as for the music uh, i mean it's reminiscing of their hardcore beginnings and uh, what uh, maybe uh, uh peter did with carnivore uh, I'm not a big fan of Carnivore, actually. I don't really like them, but uh, um, I mean, you could hear what uh, Peter used to do in that song uh, still. And also, uh, I mean, at the uh, uh, through, uh, halfway through the song, there's the crowd going like, uh, bleep you, bleep you. And uh, mm -hmm. 
their speak uh, their their speed to uh, response to them and i mean just just like some uh, i mean some uh did you did you the usual uh, a live banter that uh, i mean uh, um that peter can get in uh, in doing live shows and also uh, the chorus uh, uh also has a classic typo fill with uh i mean with multiple breaks and uh You know the song structures uh, that Typo is known for, with like uh, 11 minute or 15 minute songs uh, going like all over the place. Like uh, every two minutes, it's like a new song. And I mean that that's classic Typo, but also uh, very hardcore in uh, in sound. So uh, kind of reminds me of what he used to do before. And uh, and well, for the lyrics, uh, like I said, I I just know the title and. Uh, that's that's pretty that's pretty much it yeah here's what i'll say about the lyrics if they're playing a tape of you saying what he said at your trial you're in a bad way <laughs> yeah i guess so i mean yeah look, look okay let's let's talk a little bit about the lyrics i mean i think it's interesting because when i first got into typo i was a lot younger and i don't think i paid as much attention to lyrics at that time Either so, I think all I'm really caught from the lyrics of this originally was was the uh, the chorus, you know, which wasn't necessarily massively problematic. But as you listen more and as you look at the lyrics written down, yeah, there's some kind of bad stuff in there. Now Peter's obviously not happy. I think the first the, the whole first album, Slow Deep and Hard, is about a, a relationship that's broken up, and some of it is, you know, he's angry about this. Um, um, and I kind of think there's there's nothing wrong with expressing anger like that in a song but when unless you're very much playing a character which I don't think Peter really is I think he is kind of being sincere um I think he's playing himself if you like um then when you use let I me mean, which we won't repeat the language here but when you use certain words which are not only aimed at that person but which also are you know kind kind of sexist misogynist uh words that also kind of um you know are d d degrading to, to women and stuff like that then it, that's a bit of a problem for me but can i just say though if, if you are able to put that to one side i think it's a fantastic song i i i I'm, it's it's catchy it's got the hardcore stuff it's got some doom riffs it's got about a million movements in it but it somehow all ties together and um, i absolutely love the chorus the just the melody of it the catchiness of it um the riffs i think it's a really brilliant um song it's just how to be heavy how to be punk how to be metal how to be goth but how to also be super catchy in a really poppy way that just works so i guess look If we come back to the lyrics, I guess it's I treat it a little bit like um, Guns N' Roses. You know, Axl Rose, especially back in the old days, said some really awful things, probably quite a lot worse than some of the things Peter Steele has said, actually, um, arguably. But um, and some of that's in some of the songs as well. But to an extent, it's kind of like, yes, but it's Guns N' Roses. They've, they've got some great riffs. They've got some great songs. You kind of can't argue with that, even if you think that some of the attitudes expressed are, are pretty awful. So I, there you go. If you're able to separate, I think it's an amazing song, but well, I can totally appreciate that it can be difficult <laughs> with this particular song. I'll say this. The lyrics in this song are... They're problematic at best, but it also understandable. 
Um, and I'll leave it at that. It's it's not the kind of thing. It's not so bad that I would hear this song by an artist and automatically dismiss them. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. For, for this one, I'll, I'll I'll say this. I really loved the way. I love Peter Steele's bass. I love the way it sounded. I love the way he played it. But other than that, the song was way too long for me, made very little sense to me. And yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, music, I love it, but you make a great point about the bass. He's got a really distinctive bass tone. And like you said at the start, not only does no one sound like Typo, but no one sounds like Peter Steele, vocally or in terms of his bass. Like Agreed. within five seconds, you're like, that's Pete Steele. There's not many people in the world that you can say that about. Um, so yeah, man. Anyway, look, if we, we like I say, we put aside the problematic stuff. Uh, I think it's just a fantastic song um, musically. Um, but yeah, anyway. So so track two, Hair Knox. What have we got for track two? Well, for track two, uh, what I wrote down is that uh, I love Josh's. Oh, uh, hey, hang on. What's it called? Uh, it's called Are You Afraid? Okay. We all we always got to. Kick off the name. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so it's called "Are You Afraid?" And uh, yeah, what I wrote down is that I love uh, Josh's keyboards and uh, it's providing a perfect ambience. Um, I think it was a, a short song too, uh, like maybe under two minutes. The so, first uh, song was like twenty-seven minutes. So, I mean, yeah, it's fifteen minutes. Fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? It seemed like twenty-seven. <laughs> So, so yeah, that, that, that's basically it because there, uh, there's not really much to say about that song uh, except that, uh, I mean, I love uh, Josh's keyboards. Uh, I, I think he brought a lot to uh, Typo Negative. He brought a lot of uh, the, the distinctive sound that they had. So, yeah. Totally, totally. And this is a new song. A, a lot of these tracks, not all of them, but a lot of them are reworked versions of songs from the first album, retitled as well, a lot of them. But but Are You Afraid was a totally new track. Um, and what's interesting is that already they've moved away from the hardcore. It, there's no hardcore on this track, really. It's more like gothic metal. Um, you've got these brooding synths. And again, it's super catchy. You know, it's just great. It's uh, very Sisters of Mercy to me, very Sisters of Mercy. Um, and then and it transitions straight into the next track, which is, uh, well, which we'll come on to in a second. I don't know if Nick's got anything to say about this one. Uh, well, I noticed that on this track, it accentuated the goth metal vibes of the previous track, which were not constant, but, and it it felt like, it felt like a segue where, this is the kind of thing we're going to start doing now. Yeah, which is yeah, kind of, yeah, I think that's right. Exactly, because um, I mean, uh, uh, that album, uh, The Origin of the Feces, was actually like, uh, well, the, the label wanted them to release something between the first album and Bloody Kisses. So they came uh -huh. up with that album, which is like uh, um, some kind of a segue between uh, the two genres. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. This explains that that little piece of information because we really didn't talk about the trivia of this album before mm -hmm. the, before recording but that piece of information explains so much of what this album is because it it's i'm sorry i'm going into sum up and i'm i know you guys aren't ready for that <laughs> that's cool we'll come, we'll come to it so it transitions straight into the next track um so what do we have for the next track uh, Knox? uh the next track is called gravity um, what I wrote down is that uh, it's uh, super doomish with uh, uh, with uh, what is, it starts off with a super doomish section section with keyboards. Uh, it 
also reminded me a bit of a uh, crown of sympathy by my dying bride, like super slow and the, the keyboard and um, all that stuff. And there's more uh, like crowd banter and mechanical noise. Uh, I know uh, uh, Peter and uh, I don't know who it was. Uh, was it Josh or Kenny? I mean, they were using like uh, 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 like drills and all that stuff on stage. Yeah, it's pneumatic drills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they were making noises with that and people really didn't get what the hell they were doing. So, uh, and uh, I mean, I, I guess they put that in the song just to to like make fun of of what they do or make fun of us or just to uh i don't know, play with us and uh there's also uh the bomb hazard at the uh at the end and people uh not people but uh, peter tells people to leave and uh i mean uh that's like the old sketch that's going on in the song yeah yeah Yeah, man. I mean, there's some hardcore bits in there. Again, it's got a super catchy chorus. I just think it's just great. The, the, the way um, that fusion of um, the really heavy music and punk, but with the pop sensibility, those catchy choruses, it's great. Because um, for me, so much, a lot, a lot of punk and metal sometimes forgets the melody at times. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but I think there, there is some truth in that. And um, if you have strong, catchy hooks and melodies, then it really, it, it works, even though it is heavy music. So yeah, man, um, I like that. It's uh, This and the last track are all about, the, they're on the theme of suicide, but it's kind of, again, it's sort of um, making light of it in a way, really dark humor. And you're not, you're not quite sure when he's being serious and when he's uh joking but uh, but that's part of the whole typo shtick um <laughs> yeah that's that's all i got for this one well i'll read my notes this is a song that definitely exists <laughs> <laughs> there, okay not your favorite then Nick. There, there was nothing on this one for me that that got any claws in me that's that's just me yeah it's all right All right, let's I'm move on. I'm going to surprise you in the sum up, so. Okay, okay. You surprise us, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So track four, um, what do we have for track four, Hair Knox? Track four is uh, titled Pain, which is uh, maybe, uh, uh, pay with, uh, which probably like sums up uh, uh, Nick's uh, experience with uh, this album. So, <laughs> and, I, and I mean, so uh, that song is like more hardcore, uh, reminiscent again of uh, their early beginnings and uh, carnivore and all that stuff but also uh, there's a Gregorian chance and uh, I think it shows it it, it uh, showcases uh, um, what Peter still can do with his voice I mean he's very versatile and uh, the Gregorian chance I mean uh, I think they're really cool in there and I, I like like songs and uh, um, when uh, when an artist like take some chances and do something like really out of the box. So uh, I really like that section. And also, uh, I mean, it ends with, uh, it's going to be your last song and the crowd cheers. Like they're super happy that the show's fin finally over. But uh, I mean, as we see, uh, there are some uh, songs left. So, uh, and I mean, that that's what I had for that song. Yeah, man. Um, I haven't got too much for this one. Again, it's, there's some catchy melodies, which is great. Um, you've got hardcore bits and the thrash and the uh, then the doomy gothic metal bits. Um, yeah, I like that. The, the hardcore -y bits you've got 
there's a really cool drum beat. It's the first drummer um, called Sal, I've forgotten his surname now, Sal something or other, Sal Abruscuto or something like that. Um, anyway, let's not worry about that because I can't find it now. But um, but yeah, some great, um, great drumming, sort of double kick pedal, hardcore D beat stuff. Um, yeah, that's all I got for that one. Uh, for me, that that song was just filler. It it did did nothing. That's another one that did nothing. It did. I feel like we're in a soft underbelly of the album, and but sure, sure. <laughs> Sal Ab- Abruscato. I don't know if you pronounce it like that. That's his name. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's an, it's a it's a song that like uh, is kind of typical for typo negative and that you i mean that that song could be on any other albums from them i mean it's like a, one of those songs that that's cool but not memorable and but uh still sounds like typo negative i mean that, that's exactly that's exactly how i feel about it mm-hmm. it sounds yeah. like typo but it's not memorable yeah sure, sure. all right so what do we have next then Uh, the next song is called Kill You Tonight, and um, it's uh, again going into the hardcore territories in the vein of uh, what came on the Bloody Kisses, you know, uh, because I think Bloody Kisses also had, was kind of more melodic, more goth, but also had more of the kind of, there was still like some remains of the hardcore period, and uh, yeah, before definitely. they like fully transition into uh, like Uh, goth rock and goth metal with uh, October Rust, but um, I mean, uh, so yeah, I kill you tonight. Like, sounds like a song that could have been on Bloody Kisses, and uh, I noted, yeah, that uh, with Sal on drums, I mean, uh, it has a, a bit of realness to to the song. Um, it's less tight, more real. You know, it's not yeah. like a, a perfectly to the grid and a, with a double well, kick and all that well, stuff. Apparently so it's, it's- Sorry, I was sorry to cut you off, but apparently on the later albums, I think from Bloody Kisses right up until uh, the one that I've forgotten the name of, right right up until Dead Again when it changed, the, apparently the drums were actually programmed. So they used to sample, um, was it Johnny Kelly? They used to sample his drums and then program them. And he, I think he and Josh Silver would program them in. So this here that we're hearing is is really uh an actual drummer playing but from bloody kisses right until the second to last album it's not actually a real drummer playing it's it's actually programmed so there you go yeah that's what uh, that's that's actually where where i was getting so uh, oh sorry <laughs> no no problem uh, that's perfect so uh yeah so i mean josh came in and uh like programmed the album and it i mean for them it was like less of a hassle to uh for recordings and uh, they could do like demos and all that stuff. It, but it was easier for them uh, studio wise. So, and uh, I mean, Josh and Peter were like, like producers on uh, all their albums or, I mean, they, they were the ones trying to get the sound, to, uh, trying to get the album to sound like they wanted it to, they wanted it to, to sound. So, uh, I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why a uh, typo had their unique sound because it wasn't, someone else like fiddling around their their music so it yes. was totally them so and uh yeah that that's that's pretty much all that all i had uh, for that so, oh yeah there's also a, a more banter with uh i mean people throwing stuff at peter at the end and uh 
I mean, the fake people throwing stuff because it <laughs> wasn't a real album, but a, a real live album. But yeah, with yeah. this one, it it I didn't know that they had they had hardcore leanings. I mean, what I don't know about typo negative, you could just about squeeze into the Grand Canyon. So this song confused me. It's like, what is this album? Why are they doing this other thing now? Yeah. I mean, to be to be honest, I di- I think this song's not that memorable. Kill you tonight. I thought I just think it's it's okay, but there's nothing. It's got a doomy bit and it's got a hardcore bit, but there's nothing particularly memorable about it. So I actually kind of think what you thought about the last song, Nick, about this one. It, so there we this, go. That's all I got for that. This one was more noticeable to me because it was so different. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, also, but also, it's, it's a short song too, so. Uh, a bit more like Are You Afraid? It's kind of a segue. And also it's, uh, there's also like the seventh track, which is later uh, later on, which is called Kill You Tonight Reprise. So, I mean, it's it's like a, a, the short version of uh, the longer version that's coming later. So, uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of a segue and not really a, 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 like a major song on the album. All right, so what do we have next? The next song is a Jimi Hendrix cover of Hey Joe, and it's called Hey Peter. And um, I mean, that the way it sounds, I mean, uh, I really like that cover. And uh, that may not be what uh, Nick is uh, thinking, but I, I mean, I like uh, uh, the way Peter sings like, like uh, with his deep voice, like really uh, being like a crooner about it. But uh, I mean, the lyrics are, like I like we said uh, previously, the lyrics are kind of bad. I mean, uh, it's not really a cool thing to sing about, but I mean, it's all like fictional. So uh, that, there's that. But uh, I mean, yeah. So uh, uh, what what I had also? Oh yeah, that uh, I think there's a super guitar solo that sounds like whales. I mean, it's like like whaling guitars guitars with uh, um, some reverb and like some weird effects on it and i think it really sounds almost like a like a synthesizer and uh i think it it sounds really cool and i really like that and um kenny oh yeah uh, there's also kenny that sings uh, on that song like he's singing at peter and uh i think kenny really had a great voice for singing rock and roll he has like like some kind of gritty gritty but on the note you know he was hitting the right notes and uh, I, i really like that song yeah me too. I think it's a great cover. And, um, you know, there's a bit of humour in there. Like, uh, the, some of the lyrics are slightly changed. Like, it talks about going down to Brighton Beach, which I think was the venue where they recorded this um, in New York. And he talks about, um, hey, Peter, where are you going with that axe in your hands? You know. Now, for me, I, I actually don't have any problem with the lyrics of this because, sure, it's about someone who's gone out and murdered somebody um for an, an unreasonable reason not that there's any reasonable reason but you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but the the point but to me it's like telling a story we took you know this is like blue these are like blues lyrics and it's telling a story and actually the way the lyrics are sung sometimes it's from the perspective of this 
person, originally Joe, now Peter. At other times, it's actually somebody speaking to Joe and, and asking these questions. You know, I heard you shot your woman down, uh, as it says in the original. So I don't have a massive problem with that because I, I, I just view it as it's, it's like a movie or something. It's like you're just telling a story like a Western where everyone's murdering each other and this is what's happening and it's part of the story. <laughs> but and, and of course, Peter caught making it about him, you know, you could argue that makes it worse. But I, actually, I just think it's so, look, I mean, clearly he's not going out and murdering. If, if he was actually an axe murderer, you know, then uh, there'd be a, you know, a different thing there. You know, maybe we'd say, hang on, okay, this is a bit dodgy but I, I don't think he was actually an axe murderer um so anyway look aside from the lyrics yeah I really like it it's slow and doomy um I, I think it's great I like the fact that they've kept they're, they're paying homage to it they're not um, ripping it to shreds but at the same time they have changed some elements they've made it their own there's like the solo is very kind of psychedelic that it's it's not a um it's not, it's not like the Hendrix solo that's quite virtuosic. It's sort of swirling and psychedelic and more melodic and flowing. Um, yeah, I, I like it a lot. I think it's a cool cover, personally. And I like the humour as well. I will say this. I like the way they had two voices singing both parts of the song. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure, I thought well, that's right. some that's something you can enjoy in uh, a lot of typos song. I mean, uh, they they really they often like sing to each other, or not really to each other, but I mean, yeah, there's they often have uh, like Kenny singing stuff, uh, even in in uh, Black Number One, and uh, a lot of their songs they're they, they're kind of exchanging uh, the vocal parts. So I mean. Uh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, like I said, what I don't know about typo negative, you could just mm -hmm. about squeeze into the Grand Canyon. So I didn't mm -hmm. know that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's move on. So this, this next track was originally the last track on the album, but I think, I don't know if you guys did, but I was going from the, going off the reissue, which has um, an eighth track as well. But uh, so this was so track seven. What, what have we got here? Her Knox. Uh, it's a Kill You Tonight reprise, and um, I mean, I, I guess it's like a reworking of the fifth track. And uh, it's, uh, I wrote down that it has an awesome church organ at the beginning. And I mean, that's, again, uh, jo Josh uh, uh, doing what he does best with, uh, with his uh, keyboards. And I mean, um, but I also liked uh, the, uh, the humor in there, like the uh, second verse, uh, worse than the first, and uh, all that stuff they 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 have, they have like that punky uh uh funny stuff going on and uh, i mean it's kind of really catchy and uh and also it uh it ends with uh again with the self-deprecating humor it ends with crickets at the end which is probably again what nick thought of the album so <laughs> i mean uh, yeah i i i I'm not the biggest fan of this one. It, it goes, yeah, you've got the kind of silly, punky surf rock riff. And for me, it gets slightly too silly. Like this, they sometimes do just push it a bit too far for me. Um, but there's great energy to it. 
Um, and it ends with the just before the crickets, you've got the Beatles chord. There's a big piano, long piano chord on. Um, I can't remember which track it is. It's on Sergeant Pepper, isn't it? And um, I, I think it might literally be a sample of that uh, bit of the Beatles track, um, which again, that's a homage. I know Peter Steele and the bands really, really love the Beatles. Beatles and Black Sabbath were said to be their two biggest influences. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got on that one. For me, this one, I, I really noticed a very strong kind of biohazard influence. Yeah. Which, again, not knowing there was a hardcore phase of typo negative, it was surprising. It it just made it a little confusing for me because I lacked that information. Sure, sure. So I don't know if you guys um, listened to the I last did. track. Did. You did, yeah. So we have a cover. Um, well, Her Knox, tell us about it. Well, it's a cover from uh, a Black Sabbath, uh, Paranoid. And I, I think, again, it's, it's, it's where uh, Typo Negative really shines when they do covers, is that they don't simply play the song as it was played. Here, they like turned it into an awesome Doom version of a, a fast-paced song. So it kind of really contrasts with the, the original song, but also still having like, I mean, you could say that a, a because you know uh, there's uh black black sabbath were known to be like some one uh, one of the uh first uh like doom band with uh with uh, the song black sabbath and also war pigs but i mean uh, uh they, they also did like some pretty fast stuff but i was i mean i'm kind of going on a tangent but here but uh, uh what i'm saying is that uh, uh you know here typo negative like they uh kind of reworked a fast-paced song of Black Sabbath into a Doom song, which is like a double homage to uh, Black Sabbath, I think. And also, uh, like I said, I, all their covers are really unique. And uh, I mean, you can recognize the song, but also find something new in there. So uh, yeah, that's what I have. To totally, man. I mean, I think a couple of things on this. Um, so this was recorded actually in 94, whereas the rest was recorded at the end of 91 because the reissue was a few years later. So they've, they have fully gone into the gothic metal thing, mm -hmm. gothic doom metal really by this point. It's Johnny Kelly on drums. Um, it's a tighter sound. It's a more uh, polished studio production. Um, I love this cover i have to say i think it's brilliant and it works as a super slow and mournful track there's an extra little section that they've added which is like a bridge section where um ozzy would say um can you help me occupy my brain they've changed that to a completely new bit which i think is amazing it's just great they work the iron man riff in in one point um but also apparently you know this track as i understand it was originally because Typo got asked to do a track for the the first, and I think it was the first one, the Nativity in Black compilation, which was of different bands covering Black Sabbath. And they, um, but, so they did this and it got rejected for being too different. So, uh, and then and then I think they did, I think they did Iron Man or it was another track which they did a more faithful version of uh, eventually. But then they had this just left over. So they decided to put it on the end of this album. And I think it's brilliant. Personally, I just think it's an absolutely great cover. Um, in fact, overall, as a song, I'd, I'd rather listen to this than the original. I have to, I've, I've never been a massive, massive fan of the original. I think it's a bit of a bog standard rock song, but this is, this is brilliant. 
So I love the go. phrase bog standard. That's a very British thing, bog standard. Yeah. My my opinion of this song was, oh, this is Black Sabbath's Paranoid. How unfortunate. But mo- so moving into the sum up, because we're running short on time, you know, for me, it's this is a, an interesting album because you get to see the evolution of a band. Whether or not you like that band or dislike that band is personal taste. <laughs> And they are a very talented, very interesting band. And being able to see their 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 metamorphosis is really cool. So spin it or bin it, definitely spin it. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think this is a great record. I mean, yeah, listening back to that first track, it did make me kind of wince a bit at some of the language he uses. I, I don't really like that at all. But let's just put that to one side. I think musically... It's brilliant. Um, I it, yeah, it's look. It's patchy in places. It is patchy. It's a bit of an odd album, but that's kind of what makes it quirky. It's part of the whole typo negative thing. Even Bloody Kisses, their big breakthrough, had some weird sort of interlude tracks and silly joke tracks on there. Um, yeah, definitely spin it. There's some really great stuff. If you're a fan of Typo's later stuff and don't know this, I think you'll find a lot to like here and a lot that you maybe won't expect but will be intrigued by and may also like. Um, yeah, great energy, cool record, um, unique sound, and that combination of the humour with the heavy music is uh, very evident here. I'll shut up now because we're running out of time. But yeah, well, spin it. Uh, anything you have to say on this one here, Knox? Uh, well, uh, for me, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not like uh, the most memorable uh, album by Typo Negative, but also, also it's uh, kind of important because it's like... Uh, like uh, we all said, it's a, like a stopgap between a slow deep and hard and bloody kisses. And then just to have like a whole perspective on the band, I think it's it's cool to listen to. And uh, I mean, I think I I mean for me personally, paranoid is one of the uh, it's one of the best like weird uh, cover song. But uh, also it's it's like it's great and it's uh, really it's really typo negative and at the same time being really faithful to the original. If, if I mean, if it makes sense, but also um, I think it's a cool album, like to listen to and just to to see how the band grow uh, grew into their uh, f- into being a fully formed like got uh, metal album and got metal musicians and uh, all that stuff. So I mean, it's a cool album to listen. So I mean, it's a spin it for me too. Yeah, totally. sounds great. Well, I want to thank you very much, Hair Knox, for joining us joining us this week. And I will not thank you for the album, but I will thank you for joining us. (laughs) I will say, everybody, please, please check out his latest record. I I have a copy on vinyl. It was not sent to me for free. I bought it. I spent the Canadian dollars on it, and you should too. Uh, Until next week, I still don't have a tagline. Thanks. Me neither. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Hanox. Thank you for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Oh, and of course, uh, please uh, subscribe and rate. Thank you very much. Bye.